At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy a great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Morningside Hoops podcast. I'm Kyle Matrician, joined in the introduction this week by Matt Sugam, as I correctly learned how to say last week, but I'm pretty sure I said it incorrectly later in this episode. It's okay, you were. And, that was uh, perfect right there. <laughs> and Mike Kowalski is going to join us for introduction today, too. Mike, good to see you, man. Good to see you, Kyle. Good to see you. Yeah, We've been all over the place this week. We have. We have. It's getting to be crossover season. Oh, we're starting to, uh, the spring sports are starting up. So we were uh, watching some softball and some baseball practice earlier this week. But we're here to talk to you about basketball. Don't get us wrong. We are. Uh, The men's and women's basketball teams are coming off another week of action. It's been quite a week. We're going to start with the women's basketball team here first in our little intro recap. Uh, the women went on the road to Dartmouth, 5-0 and in the Ivy League, and they picked up win number six to move to 6-0. and And I think they finally did something that, uh, in talking to the team, being around the team, that they've really been trying to do for quite a few games this year, which was uh, really, in, for lack of a better term, put an opponent away in the second half and not have the game come down to the final few minutes uh, Dartmouth, obviously, coming into that game was 0-5 in the league. So you look at it on paper and you think, okay, Columbia should win this game, no problem. But that's not how things work. That's in the not how league. things work. No, especially <laughs> that's not how things work in any conference. Let's let's you know. Uh, but but we know the that. Ivy League. We've yeah. been here around. Yeah. There's no, you know everybody knows each other. So yeah. everybody's going to take away what yeah. you, you're trying to do. And uh, I feel like uh, for the Columbia women, and I know if Coach Griffith has has said this. Uh, they feel like they're going to get everybody's best shot when they walk into their gym because now that they are undefeated in the league right now, they they feel, you know other teams are kind of no looking at that anymore. game, yeah. looking at that game and saying this is a big game for us. But uh, just to put a bow on their win at Dartmouth, it was a six-point lead for the Lions at the half. They got off to a good start. They had a I think they went up by ten or so at one point there in the first quarter. Dartmouth made a little bit of a run in the second quarter, as any home team would. No game is easy. That's why they play the game. Uh, Six-point game at the half, but then Columbia with a 27-10 third quarter uh, really just separated themselves, led by the efforts of Caitlin Davis and Abby Shue. Uh, I talked to Coach Griffith after the game, and I said, you know, we've talked about we've talked uh, after these games sometimes, and we always talk about how it's somebody different, I said, but for a change... It wasn't somebody different. <laughs> it was your two heavy hitters there in uh, Caitlin and Abby uh, really doing the legwork in that game. Uh, Caitlin Davis scored 20 points, had seven rebounds, well, went on to be Ivy League Player of the Week and Matt Basketball Writers Player of the Week for a second week in a row. So congratulations to Caitlin Davis. That's four Ivy League Kyle, Player of the Week awards. congratulations to you. Oh, you're, no, you're, you're putting up the nominations. Man. <laughs> There's a little bit of an art to that, too. <laughs> a little bit. 
Uh, but again, uh, Matt, as you've said, uh, maybe a favorite to be Ivy League. Uh, I'm going to let you say it. Yes. I mean, I think it's especially now as we've gotten into conference play, and I wouldn't have said this in non-conference play. I probably would have said Abby's looking like she could be the Ivy League player of the year. But Caitlin Davis has been dominant. I mean, it's been a double-double on, on basically a nightly basis. I mean use a corny line and say you know you could give her a squeegee for how much she's cleaning the glass i mean she's just <laughs> she's pulling down rebounds and it's changing the games really for for the team um it's it's dominance is really the only only way to put it and yeah i mean you, you just said it for for ivy league player of the weeks and we're only halfway through the ivy league season so she could definitely see her stacking up a couple more and you know right now at the midway point uh i, I think it's no question that she's definitely the player of the year and quite frankly probably being coached by who's looking like the coach of the year oh and and can we can we actually get to something now because yes it, it's this refreshes my memory because you were a little hesitant to say that last week they're in the midst of the best season in, in program history can we get you off that and now we're we're in the midst of the best hold season. On, we, hold on hold on i feel like you one wrote second, it in a game note right one yes second. okay good i'm pulling up my game notes <laughs> for you which will be online by the time this podcast comes out the first sentence says, in the midst of its Perfect. best season in program history. Just for you. Perfect. Just for you. Perfect. <laughs> literally, why, literally, literally why I did it. I was like, you know what? It's time. Yes, it's time. No, it, this it's is time. no longer the best it's, start. Yeah, We're just in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it, yes. Uh, for sure. But uh, again, Columbia women's basketball, 15-3 and overall, 6-0 and in the Ivy League. That's their best. Not even going to say start. That's their best record through as many games, also taking that straight from my notes, best record through as many games overall and in Ivy League play in the history of the program. So we only wish the best for the second half of the Ivy League season. They've got two big games coming up this weekend at Penn and Princeton, who, you know, coming into this year were the two perennial powerhouses in Ivy League women's basketball, Penn and Princeton. They had one, ooh, I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't, but I know they have combined to win the last several Ivy League championships. I think you have to go back before 2012 or 2010 to see somebody who won the league that was different from Penn or Princeton. So so when Coach G was uh, playing, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. But uh, the Lions are looking to do something that uh, they haven't done ever, and that's been a trend this year. So uh, now we're going to flip things over to the men's basketball side. The men played at home here against Dartmouth. Uh, close game, definitely. Mike, you can probably talk more about that. A uh, good start for Columbia, uh, just couldn't sustain it. It looks like, you know, the turnovers kind of continue to plague them a little bit. That They're not as much. The quantity is going down, but what it's kind of doing is it's kind of affecting the momentum of games, essentially. Like, they, they'll go through stretches where they'll be shooting the ball well, they're defending the ball well, and then a couple turnovers happen, and we Columbia just can't recover. It's, it's basically what it looks like. For whatever my opinion's worth. <laughs> hey, it's worth your air time on this podcast. So that's kind of what they kind of have to overcome and kind of work on kind of staying even keeled and working through those mistakes and trying to limit those mistakes even more so than they've been doing since the Brown game where, you know, what everybody knows 22 turnovers is just you can't do it. You, yeah. It's tough to win a game when you're you're turning over the ball over that much. I think with the turnovers, it's uh, one of those things where, yeah, it's like you said, it's been plaguing them. Um, and I think – early in the game when it starts to affect you and those things just start to snowball. I think that's what you're seeing with the team where they weren't out of that Dartmouth. Wow. My voice is crying. <laughs> this is a great intro for me. Uh, they weren't out of that game really 
at any point until towards you know yeah, last few yeah. minutes of the game but there was just never that you know getting themselves back over the hump it was almost like right when they lost the lead it, yep. it was like they they couldn't even you know yeah fight their way back so it's figuring out those things where you know realizing basketball's a game of runs you know you're gonna have a lot of runs from turnovers um you know the the, the free throw shooting would help you uh especially towards the end of games but uh you know i think it's just gonna be too also getting confidence back there's a yeah. month left you know you're only what halfway through the ivy league season right you still have have a lot of uh a lot of games to play and and time to turn things around and the other thing from Saturday too is you know you're playing with heavy hearts as we're going to talk about at some point is you know they learn about it now yeah I mean we we learned about the passing of Jerry Sherwin on Saturday morning it deeply affected the coaching staff and all, probably the upperclassmen um, you know there's a lot going on so it's just it, it was a kind of a difficult morning you're, and the snowstorm too which didn't affect the players that much at least they're on campus and everything but everybody else getting here was um, an adventure so it was a, it was kind of a crazy day in general and you know, you, we get off to the nine, two start and you're like, maybe there's a higher power helping us today. <laughs> and then unfortunately, uh, it didn't quite, uh, we weren't able to sustain that. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, a, a tough overall day, you, you know, besides losing the game, you lose, you know, arguably one of the, the biggest faces in program history and somebody it says a lot for somebody who never even played here. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you knew Jerry probably better than, myself or matt i don't think matt knew him matt, at all matt never met yeah. jerry yeah yeah <laughs> uh but i only knew jerry uh when i got here in 2016 and he would always be around in the basketball office kind of just as the mayor as yeah. you know, a lot of people call yeah. him the basketball suite saying hi to everybody uh i, I you know I, I i didn't know him uh kind of is in his more active days as a uh ambassador of the basketball programs and the university but you you did. You've been here longer than I have. Yeah, Jerry was my roommate on my on the road. Yeah, you know, it was me and him, and uh, you know, I'll never forget waking up, hearing him start brushing his teeth at four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that was life with Jerry. Uh, first, first the team meal. Never miss the team meal. Uh, nice. Uh, but no, you can't. And I, I say that in loving manner. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Um, yeah, he's just he was a guy that was always there. He connected so many generations of alumni. And that's, that's, that was so important for us because, you know, we haven't all, there's been a lot of coaches since the 1950s and sometimes people lose touch and things like that. But Jerry was that constant. And it, if you needed something from somebody, Jerry knew it. Mm -hmm. And the other funny thing about Jerry is too, like, you know, being the SID, you're, you know, when you're having seasons and everything, you go through, you're like, you, you tell him like little nuggets, you know, you're like, you tell him, but this, that, this He's is your roommate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I probably did, bother my roommates this is on like, the road you know, with these like, nuggets. This is like the most points we've scored since something. Then he'd be like, yeah, I remember that. I was there for that. <laughs> I'm like, of course you were, Jerry. You've been around forever. <laughs> like, you know, so like always just kind of like having that and getting some of that, that feedback, uh, especially my first few years here was really uh, fun to watch and he's just a guy that the guys he was a person that the guys rallied around uh after a big win you just hear everybody yell jerry like you know every, he'd be the first guy there and a guy that would give it to the reps too just <laughs> you know there was i've heard stories about officials talking to the to 
the coaches and being like, you guys got your bench is being ridiculous. Yeah, I was and about like, to ask if you ever got you know, teed off. Yeah, he's like, if you don't <laughs> knock he, it off, the coaches go, who's saying that? And then everybody's like looking at the end of the bench like, it's Jerry. Jerry's giving it to the refs. And like Tommy Sheehan would get in trouble because what things Jerry would say to the refs, like our strength coach and just this unassuming guy wearing a suit at the end of the bench. <laughs> Yelling at the officials, so um, yeah, it, it it's been strange the, the this last year coming back and not seeing him in the office and seeing him at practice, um, and it was str- even more strange, you know, getting the news uh, on Saturday morning that he's not coming That'd, back, yeah. you know. Well, I know, as you said, the men's basketball team definitely played with some heavy hearts on Saturday. Uh, you know, even if the players didn't know him, they knew of him. Yeah. Speaking of the new players, and a lot, I mean, all of the coaches. I mean, Jim knew him twice, right? Jim yeah. was here as an assistant, yeah. you know, with Jerry, and here as a head coach with Jerry, and obviously just a constant presence yeah, uh, I mean, within Columbia basketball. Whatever I can say won't do what he meant to the program justice. He's like a big connector. Big time. Every every program needs somebody like Jerry around. Is what what it comes down to. He's a, he was a special person, and um, you know he he helped so many student athletes. Like you know he had a, a long career in marketing and the radio industry and PR and everything. And you know he took time out of his life and sacrificed having you know a family and things like that because of his devotion to Columbia. Because he would help students navigate life on campus he'd help them find careers and you know he did that for over 40 years and that's why he was you know inducted to the columbia athletics hall of fame and uh you know he was a key linchpin to a lot of different areas i mean it wasn't just student athletes there's an award name for him by the college so i mean it goes beyond athletics too he was you know he meant a, a lot to a lot of people so it's uh it won't be the same without you jerry all right with that being said uh we're gonna go to break and when we come back, we hope you'll stick around because we've got Jada Patrick and Madison Hardy from the women's basketball team who are going to join us just after this. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G. O-N-E-P-T dot com for more information. Welcome back. It's Morningside Hoops podcast. I'm Kyle Matrician, joined by my co-hosts Matt Sugum and Aaliyah Funshell. And this week, as advertised in our intro, we have two women's basketball players with us. It's Jada Patrick, a junior guard, 5'10", from West Haverstraw, New York, in Saddle River Day School. Correct? Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, she's, she's joining us for the first time on our podcast this yeah. week. And we have a returning podcast guest. It's Madison Hardy. 
Junior. We all know Hardy. I don't even need to look Hardy. Junior, 5'9", <laughs> Gaithersburg, Maryland. Oh, uh, I'm going to blank on your school, though. Place. Where'd you go to high school? Remind me. Our Lady of Good Our Counsel. Our Lady of Good that's right. The that's most right. unique one, honestly. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But thanks for joining us after Absolutely. practice today. Yeah, I saw you getting us. some uh, some lunch in, so yeah. glad. That's why I said 145, because mm -hmm. I was I wanted smart. to leave you some time to get some food. No, we appreciate, appreciate it. That. Yeah. 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 Got to get the games. Yeah. Gotta get the games. And we got to get you out of here before class. So <laughs> let's get started. Uh, let's meet Jada Patrick a little for our mm -hmm. podcast listening audience who hasn't heard from her yet this year. It's well-documented, but I'll mention it. A transfer to Columbia from Duke. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I've stopped mentioning that in the post-game recap. <laughs> so, like, first few times I mentioned you, I would always say transfer from Duke, transfer from Duke. Right. Now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, we've gotten past that. Yeah, we're got past. <laughs> right. We've done. <laughs> well-documented. Played two um, years uh, for the Blue Devils before transferring to Columbia. Uh, also played, as we mentioned, at Saddle River Day School in New Jersey in Bergen County, home of uh, myself and... Our producer, I'll call him today, over in the corner waving, Mike Kowalski. Nice. Uh, helped Saddle River Day to its fourth straight Bergen County title while she was there. Mm -hmm. And a fun fact about Jada, has an older brother, Patrick, who mm -hmm. is a fifth-year senior on the Cornell football team this year. Yes, he is. So which begs the question, Jada, who were you rooting for in that game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're starting off strong. <laughs> okay. Put you on the hot seat immediately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, you. When they played, right? Yeah. The Columbia. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was rooting for Cornell. Oh. I don't have it's any. Fair. Yeah. It's I was new here. I didn't have any like close friends on the football team. Yeah. So I was like, you know yeah. What? It's like, your first year here. Your brother's right. been there for five years. Right. Exactly. Maybe Columbia, next year. Columbia won the game, so all is good and well. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's talk about a little bit about your playing stats this year while we uh, while we are introducing you. We've played in 17 of the 18 games so far this season. Yep. Uh, last couple of games, I got to say, really turned a corner. Some switch went off. I don't know, Jada. <laughs> uh, scored 13 points in each of your last two games, which were wins over Penn and Dartmouth. Mm -hmm. A combined 9 for 12 shooting in those two games combined. So I got to ask you, what happened? What was um, what, what what light bulb went off? I don't know. Yeah, I think the major thing for me was really just being comfortable and kind of like just finally adapting to the system and the, the way we play here. So I feel like that was really it. And my teammates were behind me that whole time, so it made like the transition easier. And they like were very patient with me because <laughs> I was struggling. Everyone knows I was struggling <laughs> um, in the beginning of the season, but you know, um, I'm finally starting to turn that corner and becoming more comfortable playing here. So uh, it's been good for me. How difficult is it to learn a new mm -hmm. system under a new coaching staff, like midway through your college career? Because it's something that yeah. nobody else on the team right now has yeah. really had to do, mm -hmm. you know? Honestly, it's been pretty difficult because um, I, well, first of all, I came in to Duke uh, my freshman year with one coaching staff, the coaching staff that recruited me, and then I had to adapt to another coaching staff. And oh, after the third okay. year, I had to adapt to another coaching staff. So it's kind of been a lot for me. Um, and I kind of feel like that might be part of the reason why it took me so long to adapt this year too. Um, but, you know, like if you have the right people in your corner and the right people supporting you, like it makes it way easier. So um, I really am glad that I have these people surrounding me here at Columbia. And you also had a pandemic in the middle of that too. Oh, yeah. sure. oh my god, that was crazy, <laughs> yeah. right? So what that what was that transition like? Because you made the transfer, I guess, kind of in the middle of the pandemic, and then you're, I guess, meeting your teammates over Zoom for the first couple right, months, right. and then so what's it been like? I guess that probably has oh. part to do with the chemistry and yeah. things and learning the the system and yeah. the culture and all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
so the first when i was being recruited to come here um we had a facetime call it was like me hardy lil caitlin sienna who else was on that call i think that might have been it was it right yeah and so like i couldn't obviously meet them in person like coming to campus even though i'm close living close it was kind of like hard to Mm. um like meet everyone in person like right away so we just had a facetime call and that facetime call like it was pretty dope it was was really natural and like free-flowing it was like yeah yeah, jenny you should come right (laughs) it wasn't forced at all and i was like um it made me feel really comfortable about it about you know transitioning here because you know like you want to be able to fit in with the team not just like the coaches and you don't want to you know just talk to the coaching yeah coaches staff so um that's what made the transition really easy i would say and after that like um, maybe a month later Lil was like hey why don't you come to like my birthday party I'm like okay like <laughs> I'll come <laughs> mind you I haven't even met them like for real yet so like that was the first time I really met them and it was cool like hanging out with them so everything was just super natural I was gonna yeah, say that's, that's definitely gotta be a thing it's gotta be like a natural fit yeah when, especially when you're going between schools you know yeah. midway through your college career mm-hmm. so I'm happy to hear that it was yeah, that way that's was. awesome yeah uh, but talk about being from West Havistraw. You know, it, was that part of the reason uh, when you were deciding to leave Duke and look at other options? Was that part of the reason that Columbia came in your mind because it's kind of local and your I, family's around? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like, um, Columbia is only like forty-five minutes away from home, so like, you know, like I'm really close to my family, so I was like, I, I think it's time to you know come closer to home and um you know be able to see my family more often have them coming up to like the home games and everything so um i would definitely say that was a a factor in my recruiting process um and even though like you know the ivs aren't too far apart and like they're kind of accessible for my family to get there it's just when you have columbia checked really all the boxes for me i'd say so what were some of those boxes yeah they were a ton um, <laughs> um one i definitely wanted to go to a program where it felt like a family environment and i felt like this program really embodies that like mm-hmm. down from the coaching staff to like the managers and every everybody's a family and everybody treats everyone with the same amount of respect and i think that's really important when coming to a program um and so that was really my number one um and i again being close with the team so um what else? Oh, I have, obviously academically. Academics, mm-hmm. I didn't want to compromise on my academics. Like Duke, everyone knows Duke is a. You know, I was going to say, going school. from Duke to Columbia. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so that was definitely a factor too. So like I that narrowed down my list automatically, and then the next step was you know family atmosphere, um, and then obviously close to home and um, a couple other factors. But you know those were my main three that I was really looking at. How, how much is it? And I'd be interested to ask Maddie about you know her vision of the pro or how she's Ooh. seen the program maddie madison sorry my apologies no, no please um, i'm gonna call you maddie from now on. no i won't, okay. I won't <laughs> but in the sense of you're both juniors right mm-hmm. this was a very different program than mm-hmm. when you came in here as a freshman i, I guess one a year viewpoint of how you've seen it grow being in here but then as an outsider you know getting recruited having been in a college program already how did you see it as a program that was you know establishing itself and ready to kind of make those next steps yeah I definitely saw that this program was trending upwards and I really saw like the vision that Coach G was having and Coach G was really emphasizing her vision. Coach G is super detail oriented and she knows when she has her mindset to something like she's going to accomplish it. So um, I felt that passion um, when I was talking to her and being recruited by her. So 
I believed in her plan, believed in her vision, and and I was able to see the growth throughout the years and really what, where she wanted this program to, to go to. And I really feel like we're trending upwards and we're making a lot of big steps um, towards that goal and that vision. So we should we should have a pretty good one cut out <laughs> yeah. for us this one. Yeah, well, I was going to say, this weekend is uh, quite one. the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, at Penn, Friday night, mm-hmm. at the Palestra, mm-hmm. uh, 6 p.m. The last time we went there, Hardy, it was quite a game. It was very uh, close, It was yeah. an extremely, I, I always say from a spectator standpoint, that was an amazing game, but obviously we just didn't get the result. Yeah. Uh, 86-84 in favor of Penn, but, you know, got the monkey off your back, so to speak, against Penn this year. Absolutely. And uh, so now going to Penn with a win one next to the current streaks so you know what's the team's mentality first we'll start with Penn kind of going into that going into that game Friday night um I mean we respect every opponent like we know everyone in this league is a really tough opponent and we have to bring it every day and we just played them not was it a week ago I think it was a week ago I think it's gonna be nine days from between games yeah Yeah. exactly so we know that they're gonna make adjustments just like we will so just taking every game not relying on our past win because that obviously doesn't help us uh won't help us on friday so just seeing it as a new game really respecting those players and giving it our all Mm -hmm. how different is in the sense of you guys have never really gone in as favorites like you've been Mm -hmm. these past few weeks and now obviously going forward for this last month so how that mentality change of kind of going from the underdog to you know or the hunter to the hunted you know Mm -hmm. and yeah kind of change the mentality as lance meadow so nicely put it at the end of the pen game oh is that (laughs) is that how he said oh wow i was not listening (laughs) all right that's my guy right there i told you he's a great he's a great announcer he is (laughs) yeah well i don't think we've ever we know that people have really referred to us as the underdogs us being freshmen and when we were when we were sophomores but i don't think we ever really saw it like that we knew we had a lot of fight in store and we knew what we were capable of so i can't say we're surprised but we're it it, it is something to adapt to kind of everyone else knowing how good we are too um but i don't think that really changes our trajectory or our journey or just the work we put in every day at practice i think it's stayed really steady uh, which is just going to com- continue to to power us into being what we really want to be, mm-hmm. uh, which is a championship program. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, were you going to? Well, I would definitely attest to that. Like, underdog or not, um, I feel like our mindset is not going to change. Um, and now, I guess, obviously, we I guess we're in the favorites now, favorite mm-hmm. to win a couple games. But um even if we weren't, I would, you know, like I would almost prefer sometimes being an underdog. Like, you know, you just have that chip on your shoulder, like, you know, like, let's go out there. Let's go get this. Let's like prove people wrong. And I feel like we still have that same mentality right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really affected us too much. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys find that? Um, because back in November, when I was talking to Coach G, she talked that you have a lot of internal motivation. So how do you balance celebrating someone like KD, who has won player of the week four times? and getting you guys getting a lot of national attention and different attention like that. But how do you kind of balance celebrating those moments, but also not letting it get in the way of how you play and get in your heads type of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it just goes back to like, we know who we are and what we're capable of. I mean, we practice against Mm -hmm. Caitlin every single day and we know that she's a huge, huge thing. 
Ivy League Player of the Year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, yeah. I was trying to like. Yeah, no, no, she is. That. She is. She's <laughs> the <laughs> Ivy League Player of the Year yeah. right now. Yeah, so go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like, she's all gas, no brakes, as you oh, said. All gas, no brakes. It's just we create that environment every day in practice. We know what she's capable of, so it is just amazing to see her get that recognition, and she absolutely deserves it. Um, so I, I can't say we're we're surprised or anything, but just to go back to what you're saying about internal motivation, like. We say that we won a championship just about every day at practice. And I think our internal motivation is really what pushes us. And I don't think we expect mm-hmm. the, the recognition or the external validation. But it, it is a nice like pat on the back saying, like, good job, keep going. But right. we, we're really driven to getting a title. And I think that is really what, what pushes us every day. Yeah. It, and something, co- sorry, something Coach G says a lot is treat your failures as you treat your success. Exactly, yeah, so exactly. That's kind of like the mindset that we've all taken on mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Is, I love that. Is there a bit more juice this week? I know you guys have had big games and big moments, but calendar flips to February. You're a month away from March. You guys are in control of your own destiny as far mm-hmm. as, you know, mm-hmm. seeding and, and winning a regular season title and all that stuff. And obviously this is a big weekend. So have you kind of seen things kind of ramp up like, everything that you guys have wanted for and have been working for the last year and change now is right in front of you? I would say so, but I think we've taken every week and every opponent as very, very important. Like, we had a few games early on, like Clemson, the big Mizzou game. Like, we've seen those, similar to how we've seen the games that maybe we were expecting to win or Mm -hmm. things like that. And we've, I think we've really learned and known early on that we're all college basketball teams so nothing is guaranteed Mm -hmm. so and like you said like coming back um after freshman year being underdog sophomore year maybe a little less underdogs but we know that nothing is just going to be handed to us so we really have to go out there and get it so i don't know if there's i think yeah it's a nice moment this weekend to to be able to get those two under our belt but i think we've had like a lot of juice this whole entire season and we've really been ramped up um so I'd say a tiny bit more juice, but I don't think it, I don't think it's anything like super crazy. Like, all gas, no brakes. Right. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Uh, speaking of ramping up this time of year, I know uh, something that the team wanted to do better uh, from some of its previous games was really put opponents away, right? Mm-hmm. In games yeah. that you feel like you should win. So then you had the Dartmouth game mm-hmm. this past Saturday. Close game at halftime. It's I, I don't think anybody expects to be up big on anybody at halftime. But then did what you had to do in the third quarter to really separate yourselves. And mm-hmm. it, it felt like, to me at least, that you did put an opponent away that you should beat on the road. So, Jada, I'll start with you. How good did it feel maybe in the locker room and on the way back to, like, have accomplished that and feel like, okay, we took that, we took that extra step. Like there's so many steps you got to take to finally get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Like how good did that feel? It definitely felt good, but I feel like winning always feels good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I don't think that really, it felt any different. Um, and I feel like we're remaining humble through every single win. Um, we're never getting too high, never getting too low. We're just trying to aim to, you know, stay steady through everything. So um, it felt good, but you know, on to the next one, and yeah. that's always been our me- mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. But let's talk a little bit about. We touched on Penn, and that's what kind of sparked the whole previous conversation. But I know we never want to look ahead to the next game. But yeah. your next game after that is Princeton, and I don't expect you to say too much on this because we got to play Penn Friday night first. Exactly. Right. But I think everybody knows that's the only team in the Ivy League we haven't played yet this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's the two right now heading into the weekend, the two undefeated teams in the league. 
And we talked about, you know, got a little extra juice for this weekend, but maybe saving a little extra juice for the <laughs> Saturday game at Princeton. Uh, so what do you feel like, Hardy, the team has to do to just walk out of this weekend, win or lose, either of those games, feeling like they accomplished what we wanted to accomplish? Yeah, I think just relying on what we've been able to build on at practice, we were super juiced up to play them the first time, and that kind of got uh, derailed by uh i think it was covid, COVID. Or was yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah by covid so just relying on what the coaching staff has prepared for us in practice and really just taking that extra step getting that extra film going over scout a little bit more um but nothing super crazy different than what we have been doing i think everyone is super bought in working mm-hmm. really really hard so i think we just have to rely like i said on each other on our coaching staff and i think we'll get good result yeah. and jaded do you feel like the underdog going in the Princeton game, or does this team not have that mentality anymore? I definitely don't think we have that mentality at all anymore. Um, but I will say from, I guess, an outsider's perspective last year, um, you know, everyone talked about Princeton more so in the, as that Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why I'm I'm personally excited to, like, play them um, and finally get to, like, compete and be in the same league as them and really, you know, go out there and put on a performance. Um on both teams really and you know compete i guess this is a question for hardy um especially since we want to talk about jada because this is the first time they're getting to know you so what's it like having a teammate that's played for a huge school in a big conference that kind of has um, faced a lot of high pressure situations Mm -hmm. what does that add to the team yeah i think it definitely just adds um another perspective and jada being an upperclassman someone the younger kids who haven't really experience i mean kitty and noah haven't even been in college yet <laughs> or i guess the sophomores haven't yeah. Even. Yeah. yeah but just someone that they can look up to and lean on in those tough times hopefully it's not a super close like game and we don't have to have those those tight moments mm-hmm. but just another person that we can look to and rely on in those yeah. in those tough moments yeah uh, are you a basketball historian in the sense of like cameron indoor and now going to the palestra is that like a a, a cool oh, little i wish i could say what no you're just playing basketball i'm just playing basketball <laughs> they are two of the mo- more like legendary arenas in yeah yeah, basketball yeah history, so, but yeah. uh well on the point though tell us your basketball story jada uh you know how did you start uh, when did it become something that you felt like, okay, this is what I want to pursue? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. First, I didn't even want to play basketball to begin with. Like, I was a cheerleader. <laughs> I was a wow. cheerleader. So, so, I hated it, but I was a cheerleader. I was, I don't know. I was in like first grade and I was like, you know what, mom, I really want to be a cheerleader. I like, I was a girly girl. I'm still am a girly girl, but you know, I was, you know, seeing T on TV, like girls wearing those skirts and cute little outfits and stuff. I was like, what I want to do that. Until one day I was like at my brother's football game cheering, go Red Raiders, you know, our local um our uh local high school I mean local uh public school. Yeah. Um and one day I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I don't wanna be the one cheering for people. Like I want them to be cheering for me. And she was like, <laughs> Okay. And like literally that moment she left me there at the game and went to go sign me up to play basketball. And I was like, Mom, okay, but I don't know if I wanna wear boy shorts. <laughs> <laughs> how old how old are you at this moment? I think I was like eight. Okay. Like eight. <laughs> I was I was a mess. Um. So she left me to go sign me up, and after that, I kind of just fell in love with the game. My dad became my trainer, and he's always been my trainer, um, to this day. And I think 
I think it took me a while to be like, you know, to see a bigger picture out of basketball because basketball was always just, you know, fun to me. I was just out there hooping and doing what I was so like, you know, like yeah. my dad was like, go lock that person up. I was like, okay, like playing defense, <laughs> playing defense. Um, and I was just going out there playing, having fun. And it wasn't until like probably later that I realized like, okay, basketball can get me somewhere. Basketball can open mm -hmm. up some doors um, for me and help me, you know, get gain some recognition and do some things with my life. Um, so it wasn't probably until like high school where I was like, oh, like I could get an offer to play college like and go for full scholarship. So I was like, okay, like that's the goal. And then I got my first offer um, going into my sophomore year in high school. Wow. Um, so rarely late now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but then after that, they started just rolling in for me and I was like, okay, like, this is working <laughs> out <laughs> like this. Cool. Was there a moment when you were playing, either when you were younger or high school, whatever, mm -hmm. where you realized you were better than everybody else on the court for the most part <laughs> in most games you were in um i would say so only because like my my parents they always you know my parents are my number one fans they guess me out there like yeah like jada you're out there killing it you're doing so good i'm like okay like okay <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and then like and that was I early actually, on too like middle yeah. like middle school even or like yeah. not till high so, school when you were getting offered honestly i realized that i was pretty good in third grade <laughs> so and eight or nine years old I didn't even realize as soon as she started as soon as she dropped the pom pom yeah. she was like oh I'm pretty good yeah. <laughs> so from third fourth fifth grade I think yeah third fourth and fifth grade um, I played CYO and during those three years of playing CYO um, my team won the state championship and it was just me and mainly like these two other girls like so it was the three of us really just carrying in that team the first big three and we went on to like um win those state championships and then i took one year off and then i went played again um see why uh my eighth grade year and then i won another state championship so i was like okay this is going pretty well for me um and then i also when i was young i was able to um go to nationals and i was unfortunately runner up when i was in probably like seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, um, around there. I was a runner-up in nationals, um, AAU, which was, it was still a really cool experience. It was down in, like, in Myrtle Beach, I believe. Okay, yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, it was fun. Basketball was just, basketball has always been, just been fun. Yeah. You know? Well, I wanted to ask you this as a follow-up to your basketball story, but I feel like you've already answered it, but I'm going to okay. ask it anyway. Okay. <laughs> How big of a support system, which you've already touched mm -hmm. on, is mm -hmm. your family? And you said your dad's. Like, your dad's been your trainer yeah. your whole life, so kind of dive into that. Yeah, so my dad started training me from a very young age. First of all, before I even picked up a basketball, this man had me doing one-on push-ups at, like, two. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I've you always... a video of that? I think One I have a picture. Up no, I need to. No, I need to. I could probably do. I have to find some. Um, but yeah, he had me doing push-ups in between chairs. Like me, my and my two other siblings. Like he had us doing crazy stuff from like young. So like, shout out to him. That's why I'm like athletic now. Um, just really started like keeping me active from a young age. And then after that, after when I finally picked up a basketball, he's always been that person that's really like um, been training me and being like my number one go-to guy. Um, and then along with that, my brother used to play basketball before he started playing football. And we always just went at it. And I competed with him all the time and then went against his friends. So like I was, you know, playing against okay. guys too. For okay. me. Yeah, pretty young too. When's the first time you beat him one-on-one? -on -one? 
Because oh. he's five years older than you, right? No, no. he's two years yeah. older. Than me. Like, oh, fifth year, year C. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, that um, was bad math. That's why no, I'm a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time I beat him, probably when he stopped playing. Oh, I don't want him to know. Oh, okay, so when he stopped playing, I guess that's when the first time I like I beat him. And there was one time, and he's going to hate me for saying this. <laughs> I beat him 11-1 and 1-1. Yeah, he only scored once. I was like, Dang. That's when he stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's definitely time for you to hang up this shirt and hang it up. <laughs> yeah, and that was probably like, he was like a junior in high school. So. Oof, yeah. 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 <laughs> he doesn't live that one no. down. No. <laughs> no, Jada doesn't let him live that one That's what I mean. No. <laughs> I don't even think he would want to play me 1-1 one -on -one anymore. Seriously. <laughs> my, you, dad, uh, my dad won't play me 1-1 -on -one either. No? no? Well, your dad knows. He, I mean, he's your personal trainer. Yeah. So yeah, he, he knows. Yeah. He's he like, made no. the monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, he definitely stopped playing me. It was a point in time where I was probably like in eighth grade. That was probably the last time he played me one on one. Yeah, that's a rough that's moment that. for yeah. a father when their child can beat <laughs> them one on yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I won't even let you get the opportunity. I'm like, okay, <laughs> respectful. Did you beat him one on one before he stopped playing with you? Um, uh, I don't think so. It was never like a true like one on one. It was just like okay, like you know. Yeah. Maybe like one or two times I would okay. go against him. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. No, I haven't gotten that opportunity, and unfortunately, I don't think I ever uh, will. At this, point, <laughs> at this point, you just know. Uh, You're yeah. Like, we both can mutually agree, agree that right. what the outcome would be. Right. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, one last thing, yeah. uh, I do want to ask you: uh, What are you majoring in? Because yeah. Also, I need to put it on the website because I realize it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I am a sociology major. Um, I'm thinking about applying for the business management program here, but um, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to do that yet. Um, but yeah, just sociology. And how did you uh, land on sociology? Was it? Uh, did you take a sociology? I feel like nobody before college thinks about sociology nobody I, i'm a i'm a double major my second major was sociology okay. i know what you're about to say <laughs> Wait, you took an intro in sociology no 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 sociology class. Class. that's what i did that's what i did it's like oh this is pretty cool i like this you're yeah. just like studying yeah. society isn't it? <laughs> that's that is exactly what happened <laughs> like that's i do amazing. i think yeah i took like two classes sociology classes there and i was like all right well i think this is it and that was it because I was thinking about psych, but and we have a lot of psych majors on the team. Madison Hardy being one of them. Yeah. A few. A few. A few. Yeah, and I was just like, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a few. A more few. than half the team. <laughs> and I was like, no. Nah, you guys just all want to be in the same classes together. That's no, really what it was. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> always together. Always in class together. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Leah, Matt. Anything else? Final question. Fi well, I got my final. I got my final. Topic. I just want to. Oh, no, go I just got to say, as someone that also likes to do Instagram, your Instagram is amazing. Oh, so, like, you. you guys should go follow her because oh. I like watch your stories. And I'm like, Damn. she wanted to. She wanted to throw us on Instagram live right before the Shut podcast. Up. She just tossed <laughs> it at us, and I was like, Shut uh, up. Uh, speaking of Instagram, Aaliyah, you're killing it. No, you're <laughs> killing it. What? You're killing it. Thank I, you. Like, I saw a couple of the team like reposted your stuff and i was like oh my god like yeah. she's yeah. doing oh, it thank Patch you on the shoulder yeah, thank you <laughs> <laughs> well i guess with all that being said you guys got to go follow all of us on yes. instagram <laughs> and, and hype us up yes. our podcast and everything yes exactly. all right we do. expect a big spike in numbers on this podcast we're tracking so right. come on Jetta, we, right. we do track it all right yeah i hope like plus uh, before we let you go, we do want to bring up that February is Black History Month. Yes. 
Uh, so we obviously this team does a lot in terms of your allyship campaign that you launch at the beginning of the season, uh, which really encompasses uh, not only I mean, it encompasses a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of different topics, which I really like about your allyship campaign is that it's not just about one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But with February being Black History Month, Jada, explain the importance of acknowledging and celebrating this month, especially as part of a women's basketball team. Yeah, I think it's super important. Number one, I don't think basketball, women's basketball would be where it is now without black women. Um, so that's number one. And number two, Black History Month is great. And I think it's a good time to, you know, acknowledge some of the history that kind of gets swept under the rug. But um, I also do think that it shouldn't just be limited to one month. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of history um, that needs to be talked about. And I feel like uh, we as a society kind of needs to do a better job at doing that. Um, so while Black History Month is a great time and I'm grateful that we even have that month, um, yeah. I also think that, you know, more things should be done um, as, far, as far as um, acknowledging that history and everything um, that has happened in America. Well, what are some, you know, if you want, you don't have to, yeah. but share some of those thoughts on like more things that could be done. Mm, um, well, one, I think that black history goes back further than being on the slave ships and coming over to America. And um, and I think some of the harsh things that happened during slavery needs to be talked about, like you know, like, it shouldn't just be like, okay, yeah, slavery happened, and, you know, like, unfortunately, like, you know, this occurred, but then, okay, then civil rights happened, and then Martin yep, Luther King, yep, and yeah. then, you know, like... I, I went to Jersey Public Schools, that's exactly how yeah, it is. It's like, it's oh, like, the yeah. Yeah. colonies came, but, yeah, and yeah, there but it's were okay, slaves, we and we that. took yeah, the Native Americans' right, land, but we're right. going to celebrate but Thanksgiving, okay, right. and then Martin Luther King exactly. came and made it all better, <laughs> exactly. and here we are. We're a-okay, and we're doing great as a nation now, but... No, I honestly do think it needs to just be talked about a little bit more. And um, I don't think that yeah. it should just start from Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And, you know, like there's so yeah. many other. Have the harder conversation. Yeah, have the harder yeah. conversation. Don't be like afraid to have it. Because like I feel like we are as we are trending upwards in a um, upwards direction, especially with like the um, uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think that it's time to finally just acknowledge that and stop being afraid to it and just face mm -hmm. those facts like like face to face yeah and hardy i definitely want to mention you because you i know have done a lot with the allyship campaign in terms of and i think we may have talked about this on the podcast before but in case we haven't mm -hmm. i think you would be great to tell <laughs> us uh kind of how it all started again like tell us the backstory about why the women's basketball team wanted to start that allyship campaign and what it means to your team yeah i I believe it started um, when we were all in our respective homes during quarantine and just kind of seeing what was going on in the nation. And we, as basketball players, as Ivy League student athletes, have this platform. Uh, and that's really special to us. And we decided that we it was time for us to do something. Um, so we had tons and tons of meetings trying to get everyone's perspective. And every all 15 of us and the coaching staff really – have a piece in it like can speak up and ask questions and say things that um, are important to them like Jada um, mentioned the family environment just respecting everyone mm -hmm. um, so we decided that we really wanted to do something and didn't want to hide in the shadows so we had those uncomfortable conversations starting to be uh, more comfortable with people branching out and starting those conversations and um, as a team we are doing things in the community like 
our pregame meals have been sourced from predominantly uh, black neighborhoods, uh, black restaurant, black owned restaurants. Sorry. Um, Jada and Mary organize an awesome community service right. project for did. in Harlem. We're, we have a few uh, clinics coming up, mm-hmm. just trying to give back to our uh, black and brown communities here mm-hmm. in New York. So just using that platform because um, it's super special and people will listen to us. So just not letting that go to waste. And Jada, I know you, you and Mary just recently spearheaded that clothing yeah. drive. So, I mean, talk about, you know, uh, just talk, talk in detail about that a little bit, but also like how rewarding not only that, but kind of all these experiences mm-hmm. that the team has done over the last year or so have been. Yeah, it's honestly been really rewarding and it's been it felt really good. Um, so me, Mary and I. um organized like a homeless drive so we collected um donations from the team shoes socks gloves anything that they really like had that they um felt like they can donate um and then we also like collected i think it was maybe like 15 dollars um from each person and then we went to the store and just bought a whole bunch of like different products like um soap um lotions uh canned goods like we bought a whole bunch of stuff um to be able to donate um to a local homeless shelter um and it felt really good afterwards um it was a pain getting all those stuff uh i think they brought a suitcase yeah we (laughs) (laughs) we brought a suitcase to the store and we packed up the whole suitcase and lugged it 30 minutes um back to campus um but it was worth it it was definitely worth it um, and I think the homeless shelter was very appreciative um, of it. And it was a good moment. And it made us feel good. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having that conversation with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. I uh, really appreciate having the two of you on the podcast this week. Thank Again, you for having us. of yes. course, uh, best of luck this weekend. As we mentioned, at Penn and at Princeton, you'll be at the Palestra Friday night. 6 p.m. to take on Penn for the second time in nine days. Yeah. And then uh, you will also be taking on Princeton Saturday night, uh, 5 p.m. tip okay. at Jadwin. <laughs> Party's like, okay, yeah. It's either five or seven. <laughs> 5 p.m. tip, and that'll be your first meeting with uh, Princeton this year. First meeting with Princeton since 2020. So it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, it's it been has. a while. Uh, but we're all looking forward to this weekend. So once again, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you for having us. Thank you. And that's going to do it for another episode of Morningside Hoops podcast. We want to thank all of our guests this week, which was just the women's basketball team. It was Jada Patrick, uh, who you just heard from, and Madison Hardy. As we mentioned, the women's basketball team will be in action on the road this weekend, Friday night at Penn, Saturday night at Princeton. The men are home this weekend, Friday. Mike, give us the time. Give us the time yeah, and date. Two seven p.m. games. So two seven easy to games. remember. Both SNY? on ESPN Plus. Nope. No, no, ESPN SNY. Plus. Okay. Uh, Penn on Friday, Princeton on on Saturday. Yeah, both games, uh, Columbia's going to be wearing special shirts. It's part of a nationwide campaign for This Game is No Secret, honoring the legacy of John McClendon. You can get more information on that on the website. Um, there, It's a nationwide campaign. They were involved with it last year, but uh, obviously we weren't playing, and this is the first year they're actively going to be able to to wear the shirts before a game. Um, we'll have some special videos being played on uh, during the game on the video board. Um, so make sure to check that out, and we'll probably air uh, something at, at halftime of the ESPN Plus game. And then next week, fans are back. That's right. Fans are back. Starting February 7th. So, yeah. 
And for, it's back to 100% capacity yep. uh, as long as you meet all of the vaccination requirements. And obviously, you have to bring your mask. But starting February 7th, 100% capacity back at Levian Gymnasium. So we're very yeah. excited for that. Make sure you check the website. We're going to have promotions every single game. That's right. Shout out Mike Mike Miller. Mike Miller doing a great job. Yeah, Every game from the 12th on will have a giveaway. So get your swag. I love free stuff, man. It does. <laughs> And uh, that's going to do it. So, again, for Mike Kowalski, Matt Sugam, and Aliyah Funchell, I'm Kyle Matrician. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Morningside Hoops podcast. You can catch this podcast and all of our other Columbia Athletics podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, Columbia Athletics is there. Just be sure to search Columbia Athletics when looking for any of our podcasts. So, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.